you are not alone on this foster care journey. This is From Foster Care to Foster Mom Podcast. It's Yaya. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to From Foster Care to Foster Mom Podcast. Whether you're a foster parent, once a foster child, serving in your community, or just interested in learning more, we are here for you. Hey, 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 how are you, Miss Brittany? I'm good, and you? Hello. I'm good, I'm good. Thank you, thank you. First, I want to say thank you for joining my podcast, From Foster Care to Foster Mom. Before I get started, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners um, this evening. So, say your name, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Brittany Myers. I'm from the Swats, that's Southwest Atlanta. Um, what I currently do, I'm a social entrepreneur and seasoned youth advocate. Yes, I said seasoned. And my most important title, my most important job is being a mother to two children. So thank you for having me. Thank you. That's awesome. I love that title. That most important title. Yes, mom. <laughs> and we're actually going to talk about um, being a parent in general this evening on the podcast. So um, before we get started, I like to just take a few moments, about 30 seconds to just have a moment of silence and um, do some deep breathing in and out. Um, so I'm going to start now. A lot of times we forget to just take a moment and breathe and just release some of that stress and anxiety that we may be having. So I want to give everyone the opportunity to do that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive on in. The topic for this evening is titled Seven Acts of Love to Strengthen a Parent-Child Relationship. When you hear that, when you hear that title, what comes to mind for you? Engagement. Authentic okay. engagement with my child. Well, children. Okay. <laughs> All we- right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, because a lot of people, I've, you know, I grew up with some people and it was like, you know, I had my mom and dad in the home, but they weren't present. So when I hear that title, I'm thinking about like authentic engagement from the parent. And I, and I 100% agree with you. So I have written down seven um, key factors that I think um, can definitely help strengthen a parent-child relationship. And um, I'll name them and then... I want you to give me your perspective of each one that I name. So number one says um, physical touch. You know, something as simple as touching your kids' cheeks and saying, oh, you're so beautiful. How are you feeling today? Did you know that you're so smart? You know, um, it's something about the touch from a parent to a child that just releases a little bit of anxiety that they may be having. And it's something that they also um, will get used to, you know what I mean? So what what do you think when you hear physical touch when it comes to a parent and child relationship? 
Uh, intimacy and to be frank like I didn't grow up with that so when I began having children it was hard for me to do and a lot of people don't talk about that like hey you know I had my parents but they didn't hug me or anything so that was a struggle for me but I was adamant about doing it continuously either I didn't either if I felt like it or not because there were in the beginnings I didn't feel like it because I wasn't taught that but like you said um the regimen constantly doing it you'll flow into it and then it will become authentic so I'm thinking yeah. about intimacy yes and I 100% agree with you and I'm, I'm definitely glad that you brought up the point that Um, You didn't receive that growing up as a child. And so it was hard for you to um, give that to your children. You know what I mean? So sometimes we have to train ourselves as adults to treat our children and other children that may be in our lives how we want it to be treated. And, you know, some of those things that we missed as a child, we want to be able to give those things to our children, you know. Mm hmm. Um, another thing that I want to touch touch on when it uh, when we talk about physical touch is um, when I'm at the grocery store with my children, I'll grab their hands, like give me your hand, not to say I don't want them to like run off or anything like that, but just them holding your hand and you look you look to your left or look to your right and you just see this big smile on their face, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I know for me, it's it's very it feels good to know like they feel it's almost like they feel protected in, in, to a certain extent. And and so I, I definitely pick up on that ha- habit a lot um, as far as physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you also have to remember, especially me being a foster parent, um, kids um, come from trauma and they go through things. So some kids aren't opposed. They're, they're not. They're not open to you touching them. You know what I mean? Like hugging mm-hmm. them or being close to them. So some kids, you know, they'll just like something simple as a high five or a fist bump. And that's, th- for them, that's enough. You know what I mean? So, you know, for the parents who have children that um, that don't like physical touch or don't like that, they, they don't want people in their space, you know, just give them a, a fist bump or uh, um, high five and you know keep it moving it still counts as a physical touch mm-hmm. number two um, this is one of my favorite it says play with them and it says laughter is good for the soul you have to play with your children and I feel like sometimes us as parents forget to do that um, I know I do <laughs> sometimes like I just be in this structural mode and you know I sometimes I don't let my guard down to just you know have that moment to just you know play with them and you know come down to their level you know what I mean um and so you definitely have to figure out like what makes your kids happy and when you do that you can use that to your advantage um and when you're having or, or helping or doing things to um, bring laughter and joy to your kids' lives, believe it or not, the anxiety and the stress that they may have built up, it just, it's released, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some ways that you bring laughter to your kids' lives? Huh. Well, to be frank, like this is like a um, an area that I'm overcoming. It's like a challenge for me because I am like a... Uh, 
very anal about everything. And I remember one time where I said, you know, let's just scratch the schedule. I'll do whatever you want to do. And it didn't end out pretty well so for me with me being such a serious person um this is a struggle but when I do I'm let up we might do a movie but I'm still in a serious mode so this is something I'm still working on it's not that I don't believe in playtime with children but I just know that like with my my son he has um he's been diagnosed with ADHD and autism what I've learned is that when we come off schedule things don't in too well so let's say that I do want to have movie night where he stays up later than usual then in the morning it's a tragedy because you know it's, it's just a lot so to just be honest like this is something I'm working on but if we do something I'm still kind of like on the edge like is he going to have an episode or is it going to be hard for him to mm-hmm. run it back in when it's time to go home? So I guess it really, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it really depends on the child. But with my daughter, it's a different story when uh, my son, he leaves what we do. We just, she's very simple when it comes to entertainment. So her way of playtime and laughter is like, if I'm doing something, she'll come and just hug me and that's enough. And she'll go by her business. So mm-hmm. and that's, that's that. So I'm I'm glad that you brought up the point of, you know, um when you when you're when you have a child that has um, you know, ADHD or um autism, you have to um have structure. And I know all too well because I have a child that was diagnosed with ADHD as well. And I know for me it wasn't until I had like I I, I made it a habit to have like a structural day from like morning to night. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like you said. As soon as I, mm-hmm. you know, get one little thing from that from that schedule, it just throws everything mm-hmm. off. I mean, even if it's by thirty minutes, you know what I mean. And so, um, I just still try to, you know, implement like, you know, fun things and you know to bring laughter. Um, <laughs> one of my kids likes um, she likes to dance, so like I like dance like I'll just like you know break out into like a little dance move and I'm like come on come on come on come on dance you know and she'll start laughing like and that brings me joy but you know just to see the smiles like on their faces when I'm doing it you know it's just it puts a whole nother you know feeling for me um it just makes me feel really good um and it also makes them feel good as well Mm -hmm. you know and they're 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 um, least uh, least likely to act out like when they're you know a, a, for one when they have that structure, but also when you mm-hmm. they, they can be comfortable with you and have that laughter moment and you know um, <laughs> we do this thing where we um, like if we're at the grocery store we'll you know I'll be like last one to the car rotten egg or you know whoever. Mm-hmm. The last one, you know, let's see who can put on his seatbelts, you know, the fastest. And it's funny that I'm bringing that up because for me, um, you know, being a foster parent, I have to get used to children being in my car. I have to get used to reminding myself, hey, put on your seatbelt, you know, because sometimes us as adults, mm-hmm. we don't put on our own seatbelts, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so for me, I, I'm like, let's go. Who's who going to put on the seatbelt first? And it, it becomes a habit. So now, like, you know, once I unlock that door, we all jump in the car really quick to see who can put that seatbelt on the fastest. And in in doing that, we're laughing. We're, you know, it's just it's a fun moment, but it's also a moment of structure, making sure they have their seatbelts on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's I don't amazing. Like seat belts. 
<laughs> Never mind. Let me not say that. Everybody wear your seatbelt. I ain't trying to make y'all a criminal. I'm just saying I don't care for them. <laughs> right. But just to cover myself, yes, everybody that gets in the car with me, we all wear our seatbelts, okay? So yes. I'll be like, oh, Brady, child abuse. No, no, no. no. I'm just, I just don't like it. But that's all, that's all good, though. Like, exactly. Yeah. Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> okay, so um, number three, this is, oh my gosh, this is a big one for me. Um, and I'm sure you can probably relate or know someone who can relate or somebody, somebody who's listening to this podcast can relate to this. Um, and it says, put down your technology when you're interacting with your kids. Oh my gosh. Mm, guilty. <laughs> Let me get off this line. Bye, y'all. Yeah, it was nice talking to y'all. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, like I, I notice sometimes like when my kids come to me, yeah, yeah, and they're just talking and I'm just all in the phone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I look up and like I can just see them like just see like the the sadness in their face, like she's not even paying attention to me, you know. And so now I make it a habit when they come in and I'm on my electronics, I'll put it down. And I'll give them my undivided attention, and it, it, I, it, I can't not I can't, I can't hold it in my phone. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I have to like put it away because us as um, just people that are used to using technology, we we have our phones in our hands all day, twenty four seven, and so I try to put down my technology when I'm you know interacting with them so they can have that moment. Um, where they're getting your undivided attention. Now, I also say, um, put down your technology, but put theirs on, but turn theirs on. And it's funny that I, I name it, I, I put it like that because there, there, there have there have been times where I have, you know, put up my phone and I'm like, hey girls, put on put on something on YouTube that y'all want to watch, or put something on Netflix that you guys want to watch. And it's crazy because like I be so mm-hmm. into their little YouTube, you know, little shows they be watching and I just be giggling and laughing and it's a bonding moment for us. And, you know, they'll come in, you know, to my room and say, hey, you want to watch Miranda with us or you want to watch the Royal Family with us? And I'm like, yeah, girl, let's do it, you know. (laughs) So um, it's good to, you know, have those moments where you can put down your technology, but, you know, turn yours on. How do you feel about that? Yes, and I just want to say I'm so grateful for this podcast that you're hosting tonight for the simple fact it's holding me accountable. Um, I'm not making excuses, but as a temporarily unmarried mother, and I know you can relate, it's, and, and having that entrepreneur spirit, you're constantly like working, you know, several yeah. hours throughout the day. and. You know, with having like with us being shut in because of the pandemic, there's constant webinars. If you're a writer, you're trying to, you know, perfect your book and there's so many things. So for me, I'm guilty of this is that um, I'm the type that like I don't want to say where I'm at. I want to become successful. I want to be wealthy and I feel like the time that I have at home, even though the children are doing whatever, maybe in school or playing or whatever in the home, I feel like this is my free time to put our, put me and my children in position to succeed. So I'm grateful for this because it's like, okay, now Brittany, you know, you do love your children. You, you want to be successful, but what, at what cost do you want them to grow up and say that like, Hey, my mom was a workaholic to get us up out of the hood, but she really didn't spend time with me. So now, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, 
I do hug them. We do have those moments of intimacy, but there is a lot of time where it's just me uh, working and coming up with ideas and networking. So I, once again, I'm be frank because a lot of people have this perfect idea of parenthood that might work for a two-parent household like it can work like that all the time but when you're carrying the load when you're making the executive decisions and you don't want to repeat generational curses and habits it's like you get in this mode like I gotta work I gotta do this I gotta do that but then the children probably get like maybe 75% 75% or less of you. So I'm, I'm really grateful for this. But for me, this is the stage I'm in because I, my creative juices are flowing. And I and do I feel guilty about it? No, it's just that I know for a simple fact that I can um, switch it up a little bit. Like, okay, instead of throughout the entire day trying to network, trying to attend so many webinars, trying to do this, trying to work on a book, trying to figure out how can I perfect my YouTube channel just bring maybe just an hour or two just sit down with the kids technology free so I'm so grateful for this because it's holding me accountable even though it's going to be hard because just because a, a parent wants to work to provide a better livelihood for their children it doesn't mean that they don't love them the love right. that they have for them is trying the love they have for them is pushing them to get them out of the current situation so once again thank you and I, I'm I'm not making any promises because I don't want to be like in fantasy land what I what I can do is say I will try moving forward be more conscious about um, when it comes to technology, put it down because, like, <laughs> I feel sorry for my laptop. <laughs> I really feel sorry for it, but um, thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, and trust me, you know, when I have these, you know, moments of, you know, reading, reading back on, like, how I've structured, structured my life, you know, I have to remind myself sometimes, too, like, you know, you need to be doing this or you could be doing this a little bit more. <laughs> You know, um, so and, and that and that brings us to um, number four. Number four, um, you have to have that one on one time with each of your kids, um, even if you block out between, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of your time to have that bonding moment with each of them. Um, because th- the last thing you want to do is uh, have one of your kids feel like uh their sibling is getting more, you know, time with you mm-hmm. them. And so I know for me, um, oh, and I know you can relate because you have a child, mm-hmm. of course, that was, you know, diagnosed with, you know, ADHD mm-hmm. um, and autism. So I'm sure your your son has to get a little bit more attention than your daughter. Mm-hmm. And so we have to remind ourselves, okay, you're giving this one a little bit more attention, but you have to give your other child just as much of attention or else they're going to start acting out because they want that same attention. You know what I mean? And so we have mm. to remind our, ourselves um, to give both of them that, that, that feeling of feeling equal um, yeah. because you don't want them to feel like, you know, they're left out or you like, or love, you know, your son more than you love your daughter when you know that's not the case, but that's how they see it in their kid minds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll let, I you, agree I'll, with I'll you. let you touch on that. You know, I, um, 
I agree with you on that completely, and I wasn't aware. So, at uh, one point, thank, I'm so thankful that God revealed this to me. Um, my daughter had became, and she's younger, she's five, and my son is eight. And uh, she became, like, she began um, displaying challenging behaviors. And it was because I was spending a lot of time with my son. And it was like, I have to sit, I was like, Amy, I have to sit down with him longer to make sure that he's doing his schoolwork, making sure he's completing his homework. And she began to act out. So what I did was I just had a frank conversation with her. I was just like, hey, look, you know, just because, you know, you and your brother are different and that is okay. But these differences within your brother causes me to have to work with him one-on-one. That doesn't mean I love him more. I love you less. I love you all equally. But could you please be patient with me? And I'm so grateful that I have a five-year-old that's wise. And because I've been transparent in my conversation with her, um, she hasn't been displaying challenging behaviors in that aspect. But what I say, Amy, like, can you please give me, like, 15 20 minutes to work with your brother you know he's gone for the weekend then we can do something on the weekend or you know even if it's not on the weekend um sometimes i let her stay up a little later at night because i know Mm -hmm. right now to say she's in she can handle it and it won't be a problem but um definitely parents that have um multiple children and one has a um, interesting diagnosis. I would say temporary. I don't like to label a child and it would be like, like deeming it as long-term. Your child mm-hmm. has a temporary diagnosis. You just got to figure out the actual cause, not just medicines to um, allow for the symptoms to lay at bay. So that's just mm-hmm. me, but I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but <laughs> if you have, just learn a lot about your children's diagnosis and how to interact with both and make it and don't and I feel like sometimes with parents when this stuff like stuff like this happens it happens because we're trying to be secretive about it and that was the issue like you know I was trying to be secretive with both of them I didn't I didn't want my son to know what was going on behind the scenes and I didn't want my daughter to know because I didn't want them to be you know you know stuck with that label but it came to a point where I had to realize this is a temporary situation and I need to educate myself and educate them. And when I did that, when I took those steps, then, you know, the jealousy went away. Mm-hmm. And now they're able to work together in harmony because it, it was like constant day and night fighting. And I was just like, I don't do this. What is going <laughs> on? So, right. yeah, I definitely, I, when you started out with this point, I definitely agree. Um, that it's, it's really all about harmony. When it, when it comes down to, I don't want to say balance, it really comes down to harmonizing things. Right. So, um, I agree. All right. I, I agree, too. Um, and th- that's something that, you know, we definitely, um, I know for me, I can, you know, work on a little bit more, and, I, and I'm working on it daily, you know, as the days go by. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a learning, it's a learning uh, situation. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's something that you have to do on a daily basis until it becomes, you know, um, a habit, you know what I mean? Um, so number five, oh my gosh, this is, this is really one of my favorites, especially being Uh a foster parent, um, feel felt found, um, with your children, basically saying show, like show that, you know, show your kids empathy, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and let them know that they can let out their emotions 
on you and with you. And I know mm-hmm. for me, having, you know, uh, gr- grown up in foster care um, and then, you know, becoming a foster parent, my children, mm-hmm. you know, I can relate to them because I've, I was a, a foster child once before. I was taken away from my parents. You know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. how they feel. And I, and I was that same child that acts out because I wanted attention. And so for me, you know, I'll have that, you know, that intimate moment within my hey, like, I know what you're going through. I've been there, you know, um, I, so I could, so, so they feel where I'm coming from and then they see like, wow, like, you know, she can relate to me. Like, she's not just acting like she cares, you know, like she really understands and kids, sometimes they want that. They want to feel like, you know, they can let out their emotions and they also want to feel like you understand them and they want to feel like that you can relate to them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, a prime example, you can't, you know, talk to a basketball player about football. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. his expertise. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a basketball player. So, put him with mm-hmm. someone who's a basketball player, someone who can relate to him, someone that he can let his guard down and say, hey, well, he's doing the same thing. He, he knows a little, you know, he knows what I know, you know? And so, um, that I just wanted to throw that example out there for people who are listening, you know, when you're having those moments with your children, put out that, you know, that, um, that, 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 you know, I feel you and I, I understand and let them know why, you know, um, what do you think about that? Oh, I have so many deep comments about it, but for the sake of the call, I'll keep it short. Um, I agree with you. I think empathy is is very important. And for me, the culture that I grew up in was that, you know, black men, you know, don't cry, suck it up, start acting like a girl. And growing up around that, you know, unfortunately my son had to be subjected to that for a short period of time. Because um, I, I had some time to think about how it impacted my father. I believe that he's no longer here. Um, is it is it okay for me to share? Yes. Um, I believe that he's not here because during his childhood, um, and I, even as an adult, he con- he continuously heard that, and I feel like a that was a huge reason. Whereas others, but that was a huge reason why um, he committed suicide. So when I started doing inner work, I was like, how did my mom talk to my dad? How did my um, cousins and aunts, how did they interact with him? And I said to myself, do I want my son to become like my dad, feeling like he can't express himself, mm-hmm. feeling like he doesn't have anyone to talk to. And so that's why I said that took place a short period of time. So now, for a long period of time now, it, it's been when he has his moments of crying, I said, Xavier, it's okay to cry. But what's not okay is displaying poor behavior. So there is harmony within it. So you can have your emotions, you can feel, I tell him, you can feel sad. You can feel happy. You can be upset. You can be frustrated. But what's not okay is being disrespectful. And I think um, having that mindset, just thinking about my father's life, is helping me as a mother interacting with a Black boy that experiencing 
a range of emotions in a society that tells them that he really shouldn't have any. Um, when it comes to my daughter, um, just even in this era, I I know that a lot of um, women, I'm not saying you or myself, but I know a lot of women, like women, uh, say we don't need a man. So now I'm with her, I'm having to uh, go against the societal norms. So everything that I've taught, everything that I've been taught, everything that I was exposed to, I'm going against. And it is so strange, but I see the rewards of being empathetic towards mm-hmm. my children. I grew up in a household that said what happens in the house stays in the house. You know, kids are supposed to be seen and not hurt. I'm going against all of that, but I'm grateful that I got this information while they're young because they won't be they won't become broken adults. So I just really encourage all parents. I'm not saying a lot of kids to be disrespectful because that's a different thing. You know, like we're, I don't I don't play that with my children. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but that <laughs> you know you could be mad. But I wish you would, you know. Okay, but let's not go there because they're gonna be like, <laughs> "Yes, and why you?" But anyway, that's not important. <laughs> but I do give them space to have. If I don't perfect anything else, this is something I perfect. I give them space, and children have a right to express themselves because if you don't allow them to express themselves verbally, it's going to show up in actions, and you're going to be wondering why your child is acting all wild is because you don't allow them to be themselves but like Mm -hmm. i said let me reiterate one more time expressing yourself in a positive manner is different from being disrespectful so i never promote parents allowing their children to be disrespectful okay 2020 (laughs) and beyond respectful behavior okay yes right I actually forgot to mention this um, in my notes, but um, there was a study done um, by a a, a psychiatrist um, on a group of children. um, And, you know, of course, they weren't all together. It was done separately. And um, the question was, you know, why do you always act out? You know, she wanted, she asked each child, like, why are you always acting out? And do you want to know what every one of the kids' answer was? Well, my, my parents mom, don't listen to me. Not even that. My mom is always yelling. My dad is always yelling. And so Ooh. when I heard that, I was like, wow. And she broke it down mm. to me when kids hear yelling, you know, all the time, constantly. It, they they get in that defiant mode, like you know, and 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 it becomes like a they for one they get they it, they become used you know, it, they're used to it now, so you know they're going to continue to act out, and so um she basically stated that had the parents not yelled so much, their child would have um, shown a different behavior when it came to getting in trouble for things. Um, mm-hmm. Something simple as, you know, um, you know, when your child has done something negative, like let's say, for instance, wet the bed, you know, and we're like, well, why didn't you get up to go use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. And you should... <laughs> you, a negative thing happened and now you're responding with negativity. You know what I mean? So now nothing has, n- n- nothing a solution has not been made. A solution has not been found. And so, okay, the better way to look at it is, okay, your child, you know, wet the bed. Oh, well, guess what? Let's let's have a seat. Let's talk about it. Why, why do you think you wet the bed? Were you in a deep sleep or were you just, you know, too scared to get up? 
you know, and then you find a way to, uh, for one, make them feel comfortable with even telling you instead of you finding out, <laughs> let's go there, finding out, um, but also let, letting them know, like, they don't have to feel embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? Um, so mm-hmm. if you can't, if you don't, if, if you guys that are listening, don't, don't take anything else, don't yell. And of course, that's something mm-hmm. that we all do. It's something that we have to train ourselves to not do. Um, it's just a habit. Yes. It's just, that's just us as humans. And that's nature. You know, you yell when you're frustrated. Um, but just finding different ways to cope with, like, frustration, um, you know, when, when it comes to dealing with your children. <laughs> I do a lecture. <laughs> I'm a lecturer. I said, I'm a lecturer. Because <laughs> I used to yell because that's what I was brought up. And I think like sometimes as parents, we feel so guilty when we provide a different way of um, showering. And it's not to make you feel guilty. It's just providing facts that look at yourself. Like, how are you faring out when your parents were constantly yelling? I'm pretty sure you have some bounce of low self-esteem. I'm pretty sure right. you always felt inadequate. Like, so think about, like, I just example my dad. I had to look at his childhood and, and kind of like put myself in his shoes and see some things that I can stop doing. So I make sure my children don't end up that way. And some of the things that, that did help, but definitely that yelling stuff, like you don't want, like we have to be frank. Like if a stranger, even your mom or your daddy come to yelling, like, are you going to hear? Why do you think just because they're children? And I feel like sometimes parents can be bullies and that's, that's Mm -hmm. not okay. It's not okay to bully your child just because they're, you know, powerless, you have all the power because you're the parent does not give you the right to right. bully them. Mm-hmm. And yelling is not going to help. It might shut them up, but then when they become adults and you're in a nursing home and they're out living their life, you're going to be like, why are my children? And I've seen that on numerous occasions where mm-hmm. parents, you, they will really beat up, like not like verbally abuse their children. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like we will, we can fake the funk verbally, being verbally abusive, they never beat on them physically, but they were verbally abusive. And when the children got older and the parents got older and they're now elderly and need help, no children are nowhere, the adult children are nowhere to be found because of how they were treated when they were kids. So uh, what was that quote by Maya Angelou? She was saying something about people remember you by how you make them feel. Mm. So just be mindful. So like I said, I'm a lecturer. I, that keeps me calm. It might, I might be talking too much, but I'd rather lecture than be hollering and yelling. Right. And that was something that God had to work on me about because it's like, he sat me down. He was like, hey, like all the stuff that your parents did with the yelling and fussing and, you know, um, detaching, did that really help you? Right. Did, did it help you? So just think about like, and I think sometimes we forget that because we get so busy of trying to live up to the status quo that we have to think about we were children once. Did you like it when people did certain things to you? Mm-hmm. No. So now you have children. Why would you inflict that level of pain to your kids? So yeah. I'm grateful that I was able to learn this while they're young because I know people, they never learn it. No parents never learn it and their children hate them. So I agree with you 100%. We have to be mindful of our words. We have to be mindful of our tones. And I mean, we can make excuses of why we can't do it, but these children, they didn't ask to be here. And if you say that you're a great parent, you have to act like one. You have to be open to learn and you have to be open to different methods of child rearing and I think sometimes with our culture and if you're if I'm wrong check me is that we in this deal stands from slavery where you know beatings and 
treating each other like trash that what I'm gonna be, right. to be honest the Willie Lynch syndrome it still yeah. exists in, in our community because we still heal it some of us is ignorant about it but I'm grateful for this podcast so now you know like people of color like what we learn when it comes to beatings and uh, uh verbal abuse is not okay Right. And it stands from somewhere. So if you have a challenge, get some parenting classes. There's nothing wrong with getting parenting classes. Hang out with parents that know how to raise their children effectively. And I'm saying everybody raise their kids, but where there's no physical abuse, there's no emotional, mental, right. all that. So if you want your children to come out to become productive citizens to this country, to their communities, you have to learn. And there's no, you don't come with a, a particular parenthood handbook you you learn as you go but there's this other thing called common sense use that too so that was it <laughs> sometimes it's like we 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 do too much like i got to go read the psychology but no common sense like what like dude, if, if i run up on you for just like looking at me crazy and I, you look at okay example let's say your kids look at you crazy you ready to beat them so if a stranger come looking at you crazy, are you going to be beating them? Like, come on now. Let's <laughs> use common sense. Right, exactly. And if you don't you don't have it, you know, maybe you need to go read a psychology book or maybe see a therapist to help. Family counseling, that was another thing. Family counseling, I'm an advocate for it because they teach you how, like, so don't say I'm trying to say y'all crazy because I don't believe in that stigma behind therapy. Just because you go to therapy, it doesn't make that doesn't mean you're crazy. It just to me is it's asking like, hey, I need some professional help. And when I was just to bring it home so people won't feel like, oh, she's trying to be all mean. Like I said, my son was diagnosed with autism and ADHD. I had no clue about it. I was completely ignorant and I'm just like, why is he having these episodes? Like what? I need some help. So I got him a therapist. And when he was going to therapy, do you think I was like, oh, I don't need, no, I was sitting there and that lady was providing me parenting yes. classes for free and how to work with my baby that temper temporarily has these diagnoses. And I don't think had I not went to therapy with him, I'll probably be losing my mind. So mm -hmm. it's, if you need a di outside help, get it. Get it, yes. That's another, that's not, that's another cultural issue with Black people where, and shout out to the ones that, you know, realizing they're educated about, but there's a, sometimes an issue with us saying like, oh, she go to therapy, her child go to therapy, they're crazy. Yeah. No, we're yeah. not crazy. We re recognize an issue and we're getting help. What they say, insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Yes, the yelling, the spanking on the hand, it wasn't working. So if I keep doing this, I will be considered insane. Yes. And so I just sat down with myself and I said, I really don't know too much about ADHD. I really don't know too much about autism. What can I do to help me and my son have a great relationship in therapy was the answer. So if you don't have the common sense, you you weren't raised in a household where <laughs> well, common sense, it's a joke, so nobody getting offended. So if you wasn't raised in a household where healthy child rearing took place, seek outside help and and when you get, when you go, like for the first couple of sessions, you'll feel weird. But when you start implementing the suggestions they get to you and you see the change, you'll be like, I'm so glad 
that I went and got help. And I'm so glad that I went and got help because it takes a tribe to raise these babies. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have, have it all together as a parent, that's okay. It takes time. Some of us have like this template where our parents didn't put the right things into, they didn't sow into, they they didn't sow to us with love, patience, um, and other things. And so now we're learning as we go and that's okay. But I would advise everyone and, and I had to be one of those people except that sh- you may not know how to parent effectively and it's okay to get help. Yes. People begin to say like, oh, my, you know, I don't, I, you know, I'm scared to ask for help, but how can you grow if you don't ask for help when it comes to raising these babies? Right. The Bible says, asking you shall receive. Mm-hmm. I sh- I'm quick to ask for help. Like, hey, 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 listen, I need to know why this boy did double set this house on fire. Like, listen, like, can you talk? Can you talk to me because I, uh, I don't know what to do. Right. And I'm about to put him out. And the lady, she was like, you know, X, Y, Z. And I said, you know, that was so simple. That was a case of just having common sense. Brittany, make sure you lock up everything away. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, okay, so we have two more points. Um, this one, this is something that I do and I enjoy doing because it's something that I um, always wanted as a child myself. Um, and that's reading your children bedtime stories um, or just mm-hmm. sitting with them and talking to them, you know, um, before they go to sleep. Um, a lot of times, like, us as um, parents and adults, you know, um, we get into this habit of, you know, okay, good night, go to bed, um, you know, come mm-hmm. and no talking, go to sleep. And sometimes, you know, again, you're having that intimate moment with your child where you're sitting there and reading a book and their eyes are wide open and they're like, oh my gosh, like keep going, girl. And then when you're done, they're like, can you read one more story? And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, for me, I think that's a really good point. Um, for a lot of parents, you know, just taking about, you know, five minutes to read your children a bedtime story. What do you think about that? Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> I said, what do you, what do you think about um, the point of reading your children's, um, reading your kids' bedtime stories at night? I agree. Sometimes you be, I don't want to lie, sometimes you feel lazy, but it has to be done. <laughs> exactly. They said that, um, I can't remember, so I'm paraphrasing. I know they were saying that um, maybe you can help me with this. They're talking about children that are read to or they read books daily that they end up faring well on tests so for me, it's mm-hmm. like, we have to read. Sometimes I don't want to because I'm ready to go to bed. You know, I'm ready to shower, go to bed. But um, that's quality time. So right. I agree. Right. Sometimes I'm like, why don't y'all read me a bedtime story? And they'll be laughing. I'm like, I'm for real. <laughs> um. <laughs> and just to just make a point. Because we were talking about, you know, quality time, harmonizing and stuff. Like, I've had to step away from this podcast because my daughter decided she don't want to go to sleep. And I said to her, I said, Amy, when my door is shut, I'm working, right? And I said, give me like a, give me probably like 20 minutes, right? 
<laughs> and she was just like, mommy, but I just, I said, Amy, can you work with me? I'm going to work with you. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's all about harmony, but just also know there'll be times where you fail. Right. <laughs> you just fail. And I just want to say shout out to all the parents that are, especially you, that are, you know, carrying that load alone because people be thinking like we have it easy. Like it's, right. it's just easy, but it's just the baseline is commitment. Right. Are you committed to making sure that your children are good on all levels? So, exactly. And I 100% agree with you on that. The last point that I want to make, um, and this one hits home for me, um, and Mm -hmm. it basically says, keep the promises that you make. Um, Yes. Yes. uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) A lot of kids, (laughs) especially kids in the foster care, they, you know, they are in foster care and they're always, you know, used to people breaking promises, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and you don't want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, that person on their list of broken promises. And I can relate to that so much because as a child, I was always promised, I'm gonna do this. I promise I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And, um, it never happened. And so for me, it affected me as an adult because, I, you know, made it a point to always do, do, do myself because I never wanted to um, have that mm-hmm. moment where I'm let down because somebody promised me something and I didn't get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so for me, mm-hmm. that's very big. Don't make your kids promises that you know that you can't keep, you know, um, because it's going to follow them and they're they're going to remember. <laughs> they're going to remember. Mm-hmm. I don't make none. Then you might get me caught up, but mama, you know, we, nope. Mm-mm. They say, "Mama, where we going?" I said, "Where we going?" Mama, we gonna do whatever we gonna do today. Mama, we eat whatever we. Eat. I was gonna say, I'm not about to. You ain't about to be thrown back to me. I said, I had to learn that early. No, <laughs> mama, can we? Maybe we can. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I'm not making any promises. No, I'm not making any promises. We'll see. Right. And I hate it. My dad, my son, he rolled his eyes. Mama, where we going? And he'll answer, where are we going? I said, well, you see, yeah, I got y'all mama down there. There's no, 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 baby. <laughs> then they won't be whining and crying and throwing those stuff. Like, who's the parent, you or me? I found out one. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Don't be laughing at me. (laughs) Don't be laughing at me. (laughs) Exactly. So that is actually number seven. Um, There are a few things that I want everybody who's listening to this podcast um, to take away. Just something um, that you can try to do on a daily basis. It's it's said that it takes 21 days to form a habit. And so um, this is definitely a habit Mm -hmm. of mine. And I'm hoping that other people can pick up on it for the sake of their children. Um, Because, again, the title of this podcast is Seven Acts of Love to Strengthen a Parent-Child Relationship. Um, So some key things to take Mm -hmm. away um, you know, say some things um, to your child randomly um, about four or five times a day. Um, a, a few things that I say to my kids are, did I tell you I love you today? You know, um, and they'll smile and be like, 
now, but I love you too, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or I'll say something like, you're so beautiful. I, that's my favorite one. Hey, beautiful. Hey, beautiful. Hey, girl. How you feeling? What you doing? You know, and I'm I'm building their confidence, but I'm also um, bringing laughter and mm-hmm. joy into their spirit and into their, you know, and, and, and until their being in general. You know what I mean? Um, and they're and they're used to you know getting that on a daily, constant basis, um, and just also just speaking life into you know speaking life in them, telling them that they're pretty, telling them that they're smart, telling them that they're you know. Um, loving and caring and they're going to be great you know as they get older and um you know just just speaking mm-hmm. that life and you know just making them feel good and them hearing it on a daily basis it it, it when they hear it it becomes a part of them you know what i mean and so when they're having those moments where they're feeling um ugly for lack of better words or where they're feeling like you know nobody likes them or they're feeling like they're not as smart as the next kid you're you're instilling in them on at an early age no I am smart I know I'm beautiful you know I hear it every day my mom or my aunt or whoever tells me every day you know um mm-hmm. and so those are just some things that I wanted to um you know to, to give out to everyone who's listening um is there anything else you want to say before we end be transparent be transparent with your children if you know you have some behavior problems and now your child is experiencing those great behavior problems don't be acting like an angel like we talked about empathy if you need help seek parenting classes or like a really great therapist there are some therapists out there that are not doing it for the money and that they're doing it from the kindness of their heart and they their um objective is to make sure that their patients are doing well they're striving in the society um whatever your religious belief i feel like for me i identify as a christian that keeps me sane that keeps me and my children together there's that routine there's bible reading there's prayer that's a form of meditation reading. Mm-hmm. So whatever you decide to yield to, be consistent with it. Um, you can't do it alone. I don't care what nobody says. People say, oh, uh, you know, you can parent. No, you can't. Build a tribe. Yeah. I am where I am today because of my tribe. I, you know, I have a bunch of spiritual sisters. I have my mom. I have friends. You know, I, I have my team. I also... um work with my children's father as well so if I try to do this alone nobody would get any of me because I'm constantly pouring from empty cup they're getting nothing so make sure you have a tribe and don't be scared to ask for help especially during the pandemic so many people are scared to ask for help when it comes to um, child rearing or any other thing ask for ask for help and be real with yourself. If you know you have particular struggles, go get that help. That's going back to point two or three, whichever one it was. But and most <laughs> importantly, um, if you come from a background where uh, you really didn't hear people, your parents say "I love you," "I care for you," say it to your kids. I'm a I'm a living example. Um, when I had my son. I was thinking, like, how am I give this child something I didn't receive? 
But mm-hmm. even though I didn't feel that initial love, because I really thought something was wrong with me. I said, you know, you give birth to a child, you're supposed to love them immensely. I was extremely detached because I didn't get what I needed as a child. And when I started doing speaking engagements about my experience, that was my experience in foster care and the juvenile justice system. And, you know, of course, being removed from the home, I, that was my that was my method of self-healing. Mm. that's another point but I'm gonna, let me go ahead that was my uh my self-healing caused me to become a better parent mm-hmm. I looked in and said these are the things that I didn't get I can't blame my my parents I can't blame them right now you know I had no control of my life when I was a child but as an adult I have complete control and I am not going to repeat history with my children so what I decided to do is that even though I might not feel that love that that natural love a mother should have for a child I'm going to fake it until it gets it I'm going to say I love you I am proud of you you're beautiful And, and as I was healing as it became routine it became a reality for me so I'm so grateful for everything that I've been through with this parenthood process, because honestly, I tell people that my children saved my life. They taught me how to be empathetic. They taught me how to be sympathetic. They taught me how to be loving. They taught me how Mm -hmm. to be kind. They taught me how to be patient. So look at parenthood as an opportunity to find yourself and give the children, your children something that you didn't receive while you was a child, but you learned how to give it to yourself and also to your children, if that makes any sense. And That's also true. remember, it's a process. It's, if it's a process because people say, oh, let me look at the Kardashians. Let me look at these people here. People, everybody has some type of challenge and struggle during, you know, parenthood. Nobody mm-hmm. came out, even those that have both parents, they was compl- probably complaining like um, Paris Hilton. She came out with a documentary saying that her parents sent her away to a room, in, not a room board, but um, those boarding schools. And she experienced abuse there. Who would imagine this? Her parents have a lot of money. They have money to afford nannies and all this, but she still experienced some level of trauma. So just know that we all make some hiccups. I'm the one to make them severe hiccups. So let's not even, I'm talking about these minute hiccups. You know what I'm saying? Be patient with yourself. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. Um, I want to go ahead and um, shout out my, um, social media ta- media tags and then you can do the same um, you guys can find me on Facebook and Instagram at from foster care to foster mom that's from foster care the number two foster mom on Instagram and Facebook and Miss um, Brittany go ahead and shout out your social media oh I think we lost you can you hear me <laughs> 